I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Beauty Bosses. I'm so excited to have my guest today, Dr. Samantha Boardman, who is a psychiatrist and the founder of Positive Prescription. Welcome. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. It's so fun to have a fellow doctor on the podcast. I was thinking you might be one of the first fellow physicians that I've had on the podcast. Oh, delighted to be the guinea pig. Yeah, there you go. This is a <laughs> test case, so hopefully it will go well. If not, it's over. Okay. Um, so I'm really excited for you to tell everyone about um, your background because it's not the typical story of becoming a doctor. So tell everyone a little bit about how you became who you are. Sure. Um, I went to medical school and I did a psychiatry residency. I was really interested in people's stories, kind of what makes people tick. And I was out in practice for a few years and I was seeing a patient and I thought I was doing a really good job and uh, she was a little depressed, woman in her 30s. And after a few sessions, she came in and said, you know what, I hate coming here and I'm not gonna come here anymore. All you do is make me feel worse. And um, I was sort of shocked by that and taken aback. I thought I was sort of making progress and making her feel better. And um, she said, all we ever do is talk about everything that's wrong with me. I think I have to come in here and complain to you. And, and sort of, even if I'm having a good day, I have to think, oh, what's going badly in my life that we can rehash? And um, So I interesting, yeah. So that's kind of what got me to go back to school. And I did a, a program in, a, I got a master's in applied positive psychology that was the opposite of what we learned in medical school. Right, because traditionally when you're going through your psychiatry rotation in medical school, it's all about pathos. It's all about you know, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, schizophrenia, sort of all of these things uh, about the brain and the mood not functioning well. Yes, and I got really good at um, dysfunction. And I was, became sort of an expert in the, like, with the pathology of kind of what's wrong with people. And it never really occurred to me to focus on much else. I mean, but when I was going in to it originally, I was interested in that. But there's so much focus on what's wrong that you kind of miss the whole other side of just what is it like to be in your life as a human being? And what can you do to sort of build some strength within your stress every day? Yeah. So how did that morph into positive prescription? So I used to send all of my friends all the time, like really cool studies I had found around sort of the, the science of, of positive mental health. Um, and, uh, and one day a friend of mine, actually Tori Birch, had said to me, Sam, I love all these emails you send me, but I need you to put this down and I, I, like on, like write something for me for the Tori blog. And I did and it, it, was, it was a lot of fun and she said, okay, now I have a new assignment for you. You have to start your own website. You have to share this with other people. And she kind of bullied me into doing this for a while because she'd call me all the time and say, like, have you done it yet? Have you done it? And it was really hard to sort of get it out there. And You I'm can't so just grateful. say no to Tori <laughs> No, no, and she was tough on me. But those are, like, the good friends you have in life are the ones who are going to sort of not just nudge but kind of shove sometimes. And um, and I always think that those sort of sources of strength, it's not just they're there for you in the tough times, they're actually there for you even in the good times, and they can sort of help buoy you up. Yeah. So you started Positive Prescription, the website, to mm -hmm. bring this message to a larger group of people. Can you share with people listening today a little bit about 
kind of the basics? What What's sort of the essence of positive prescription? Sure. It's a lot of it's sort of the opposite of, I think, what we assume um, is going to help us feel better on a daily basis. And so this is sort of what, what shocked, a lot of it is sort of counterintuitive research around, you know, well, what's the best thing if you're having a bad day? What's the best thing, you know, you should do um, for yourself? And I think a lot of people would think, oh, I'm going to, you know, stay home tonight, I'm going to cancel my dinner plans, I'm going to have a bubble bath, I'm going to self-care, this sort of wellness is so important, I'm going to you know, fixate on that. But actually what most of the research tells us is the opposite. This is exactly when you should be going out, it's exactly when you should be seeing friends, it's exactly when you should not be self-absorbed. So I think a lot of the self-immersion is sending a lot of people in the wrong direction. Um, how it's, you know, it's really connection, it's activity and engagement. Um, and rising to a challenge rather than shying away from it but I think a lot of the like self-help movement has sort of pushed people towards that's become kind of very self-absorbed and that is not sort of where resilience lives. Yeah I, you know I read this interesting article a couple of years ago about a domestic violence shelter for um, women who have been in troubled situations and they um, they threw out their traditional approach to psychiatry, kind of in the much the same way you're talking about. And instead, they created this project for all of the women to make a community newspaper. Oh, and so wow. they made like this magazine newsletter type of thing, like a bi-weekly publication. And everyone involved had some part in it, like a photographer and a writer and the editor and et cetera, et cetera, like a full functioning publication. And that did more for people's overall positivity and mental health i mean anecdotally in the, sure. in the newspaper article i read anyway um then then sort of the traditional uh therapy sessions that you that you sort of closely asso associate with the concept of getting well and getting better absolutely and it's sort of those opportunities where you can add value to something else you know for any you know any listeners out there anybody who has trouble with their weight or with getting their kids to study, like you know, we might think as parents or to ourselves, like or by telling somebody, oh, you should lose weight, or giving them more information about how to study better, that doesn't help. But one of the best um, things they can do is to actually give advice. Ask them to give advice to somebody else about how to study. Ask them to give advice to somebody else about what kind of diet has worked for them. Because when you put yourself in the position of advising somebody else, you sort of have a sense of competence and ownership in it too. So. It's a really, my practice is based on a lot of sort of these counterintuitive um, strategies for people that, that are not what I was taught in medical school. What are some practical pearls for people who are listening who are, you know, pretty happy and pretty fun, but mm -hmm. who want to kind of really improve their life satisfaction? Are there little <laughs> things that anyone could do relatively easily to just sort of like, you know, make your day go a little bit better? Sure. I mean, I think there's... Oh, one pet peeve I have is that, you know, the idea of like, we always have to be ourselves, like it's really important to be yourself. And one thing I think that people can do is ask themselves, like, what's the un-me thing to do right now? Because instead of trying to be consistent, it's almost when you're, like the beauty of being wrong about something, about yourself or about somebody else. And, you know, I really want to, you know, cancel, I'm not gonna like skip the gym today, like do the un-you thing. And I think when we can override ourselves, and I think it's something that's so uniquely human and special about us is that we can override what our sort of knee-jerk response is to something. It's not like a reflex arc. You know, so if you can override it, what would be the un-you thing to do? Or think of somebody, instead of trying to like be yourself, who's somebody you really admire, what would they do right now? 
And I've, I've always found that to be really helpful. Oh, I really like that. Yeah, don't be yourself. Be the person you want to be. Yeah. I mean, what would Dr. Be your Lara best do? Self, what would yeah. you do right now? You know, like, I think you're a great role model for everybody. So that's, it's a way to kind of get you out of yourself and to kind of lift you above yourself. As a, as, um, and I think any strategy that can help you do that. And we have so much to learn from other people. And I had a patient one day who told me, you know, she can never get to the gym in the afternoon. And what sort of got her there was just wearing her jog bra under her clothes um, when she went to work in the morning. Just anything that can make the choice you want to make easier. Um, so th- there's a lot of, I think, shared information. They can be like, oh, I wouldn't do that, but I'll do this instead. So there, I've, I often learn from patients and, um, and from kids. There's all these opportunities I to learn. love that. I feel like that's so... Um... In a way, it's obvious, but in a way, you'd never think about it if someone didn't make you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you split your time between your clinical practice and your um, positive prescription work? I'm doing much more positive prescription um, work these days and having such a good time with that. And uh, But I do see a lot of patients. I see a lot of young women, super smart, um, engaged young women looking for love, um, some relationship issues, some work issues, and I really enjoy sort of meeting with them and having these sort of a more of a positive, you know, a positive approach or just not not looking at focusing on the problems because it's important and I don't want to undervalue, you know, dealing with sort of symptoms or, or issues somebody's dealing with, but also let's focus on what they're strong at. And um, I think it's it's possible even for people who have severe mental illness to help them find wellness within their illness and be able to help them sort of work on their strengths and help them see them as a full person, not a bunch of symptoms. Yeah, that's so interesting. Is positive prescription um, a business or is it more of an information site? It's more, much more of an information site. And one thing maybe of interest to you is, you know, what, what, that I've always enjoyed is sort of, is beauty. And I think it's something that we've been oh, totally. Told it doesn't matter and it doesn't count or we're sort of supposed to feel a little superficial or badly about it in some way. And how for some people that, you know, if it's, you know, blowing your hair out or wearing a great dress or, you know, putting on a great pair of heels, if that makes you feel strong, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And I, that there's a lot of um, ways I think that we, these sort of, things we can do and if we can embody that and if we put on like a Hillary Clinton power suit or whatever like we can feel really good in it that um that was sort of dismissed for so long I remember being in medical school feeling kind of guilty I also wanted to read Vogue you know but that like that it wasn't serious or that wouldn't be taken seriously but there's something to that I know for me just putting on a little spritz of perfume and a little red lipstick in the morning and you, you everybody has their little ritual that gets them you know gets their game face on yeah makes them perform a little bit better yeah and I'm sure you've read about these these research articles in the plastic surgery literature where um Botox makes you happier yeah because it prevents you from making the furrowy frown line expression that you that you revert to as your scowling resting face so you can like Botox away the that micro expression you're sort of like you're living, you're living and breathing the fake it till you make it mentality. Well, it is that fake until you make it. And also, I think part of that is as well, when you're not scowling, other people react to you differently. So it's not just that you feel better, that you're not scowling and you don't have that frown, but that then other people see you as maybe more approachable, that maybe they'll, you know, initiate a conversation with you. So I'm a big fan. 
<laughs> That's why I always Botox the depressor anguli oris muscles, which for those of you listening, these are these strap-like muscles that pull down the corners of the mouth. And if you just microtox them a little bit, then you don't have a scowling resting expression. And it's done wonders for my relationship with my husband and my kids because now they don't ask me what's wrong yes. anymore. <laughs> Yes. Or wait, isn't it if we hold a pencil between our lips or something like that? That yeah. then we're going to have that sort of smile like that. But I, I'm a big fan all for it. That's so funny. Um, what do you think is the next direction that psychiatry as a field is headed in? Do you think that positive psychiatry and that sort of positive thinking is, is the next frontier? I mean, positive thinking, sometimes I have to be a little careful around that because... Is that too wishy-washy? A little bit. I have that whole, like, if you can think it, you can be it. I'm not so... Sometimes it's like, if you if you sort of embody it, then you can you can be it. So, but I think positive psychiatry is sort of slowly gaining hold. I was just in San Francisco at the um, American Psychiatric Association conference, and there was a huge... We, I, we taught a course on it, it was oversubscribed, and it was... There's much more interest in the psychiatry community. Um, and a lot of it is kind of going back to some of the basics. You know, we're looking at nutritional psychiatry right now, you know, what people are eating, um, how that affects their mental health, uh, looking at like just their physical activity. We're seeing more um, doctors, you know, prescribing the gym, looking at spending time in nature, how that affects the brain um, and wellness. So I think there's a lot more of some of those more basic you know, basic strategies that people can do and really integrate into their lives and take ownership over. It's not, here's a pill for that. Um, and and uh, I hope it's not just, we, you know, certainly I'm a fan of medication when it's necessary, but there's more that I think the individual can do to take care of themselves and their body and looking more at our, our not just mind-body, but body-mind connection. Yeah. Do you think there's an extent to which there's a trend toward overdiagnosis in psychiatry right now because I sometimes think about this. So for those of you listening, we're broadcasting live from my office on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, also known as the epicenter of kids who are really young getting psychiatric diagnoses when they're really little, like five or six or seven years old. And it's it's surprised me. It's not what I remember from growing up, but you know. Yeah, no, and I've seen that. And then even, I mean, anybody sort of going through something we pathologize some of like the most everyday sort of stressful things that if you're you're grieving it can become pathological grief or you know you're having some trouble sitting still does that you know kid have ADHD and then prescribing something for that and also I, I think with the wellness movement I mean maybe this is controversial and I shouldn't say it but the wellness movement as well as intended as it is looking for balance in people's lifestyles and, and work is maybe inadvertently sending a message to people that you're supposed to be happy all the time, you know, that there's supposed to be rainbows and unicorns and smiley faces everywhere. And I've even had patients occasionally come thinking like, is there something wrong that I'm not happy? And it's it's not that they're unhappy either though. And it's sometimes I think, you know, the, when things are challenging, it's where we actually are most satisfied and any, any hard work you know, going to medical school takes a tremendous amount of hard work and it's stressful, but there's also um, tremendous like sort of gratification in it. So sort of learning how to manage, I think, some of the difficulties and the challenges and not just pathologizing them. And I do think we are guilty in my field of overdoing it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Tell us a little bit about how you chose psychiatry when you were in medical school. 
I loved people's stories, you know, and it was a combination of trying to understand how the brain worked, but looking at how we make sense of our lives, you know, what is a good life? Um, and pretty quickly it got into, you know, my questions changed to how many milligrams should I prescribe? You know, it goes from like one extreme to another, but I feel like I've really gotten back to sort of those bigger questions again with positive psychiatry and positive prescription. That's so interesting. I think that that's really important because no matter what branch of medicine you're in, there's a huge mental and uh, psychiatric component to, to wellness and healing from surgery, managing a chronic disease. I think that is sort of in a way present in any doctor's daily life. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, certainly in, in plastics, I mean, how people look can really determine how they feel. And I had a patient recently actually who had. Um, had a breast reduction and it's almost like atlas sort of you know lifting the world off her shoulders she feels so good you know she's actually standing up straight she feels so much more confident and you know there's also this research around how when you're you know your shoulders are back and wide that you are more confident and that yeah. affects your personality like a power pose type it of thing it is a power pose and yeah. that's like thanks to a breast reduction you know so i, I think that that's really sort of been empowering for her and it's not for everybody but it's it's you know, it can be really effective and dramatic when you see it. Do you have any advice for people who are listening to the show about, um, you know, how to manage a career in medicine with your outside pursuits? Because this is really a passion project in addition to a career. You know, I was just talking to a friend about balance earlier. Yeah, and, sure. Um, <laughs> I need some help with this. <laughs> well, that maybe balance is kind of a bag of goods we've been sold, especially as women. You can have kids and, you know, a career. You can have it all. Interest and you yeah. can have it all. And that, you know, to, what I've learned really is today you can't have it all. But, you know, if you will be able to at least sort of look from an aerial perspective, is there, like, is all of it sort of sprinkled around at least over the arc of a year or at least a month. Like, are there things that you're doing? And, and this is that research on time. If you're just saying everything always feels like it's right now, like is everything's urgent, everything's important. Um, and so for me, if I didn't spend time with my kids, you know, for, you know, I was home late and doing work at work, knowing that I'm going to spend a lot of time this weekend with them can make me feel better. But I think having that kind of sense of perspective and balance is really helpful. And one of the things I think that we all learn in medicine and in medical school is um, the importance of saying, I don't know. And I remember going on rounds and you know someone firing a question at you, and it was really probably the most uh, sort of important answer I learned is to say, I don't know. And just that constant sense of, you know, you don't have to know who you're going to become. It is like that kind of process and be ready for the zingers and the challenges and to be sort of knocked off um, your feet, but that you probably can rise back to that challenge, you know, and you'll be stronger than ever and find yourself in unexpected places and be able to connect the breadcrumbs looking back, you know, over the course of your life. I yeah. never could have imagined being here with you today. I know, but this is so fun. There's nowhere yeah. I'd rather be. Um, what, what's funny though, your story, because I remember being told the exact opposite in residency. <laughs> yeah, I once said, right. I once made the fatal mistake. If you're going into a surgical residency program and you say, I don't know, be prepared to die. Um, <laughs> I was once told to never say that, but instead say, I'll find out. Yes, yes, and that so, is true. Um, yes. Actually, it's funny. I've taught my kids to say that, and it's much more pleasant to be around them. Like, oh, you know, yes. where's your where's your lunchbox? Mommy, I'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, you will. Yeah, but it is that sense of like curiosity. and just, you know, like, You've got to then at least, you're not passing it on to someone else. 
Yeah, that's really funny. Um, well, this has been such a pleasure chatting with you, and Thank I you. want everyone to incorporate a positive prescription in their life. So can you Thank tell you. people where to find you and how to kind of integrate some of your teachings into their daily routine? Oh, thank yes. Um, it's at positiveprescription.com, and there's lots of interesting advice on relationships, on work, on friendship, um, parenting, and um, please come check it out. Amazing. Thank you so of much. Of course. This was great, and I can't wait to hear about all of the exciting things you have in store next.